God, you are so good, high and lifted up, King of kings and Lord of lords. There is none like you. There is none who rivals you. And you are our God. You're our God. That's so amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are so good and so faithful that you continue to journey with us. You continue to be with us, help us, sustain us, empower us. Thank you, God. Thank you feels so small, but thank you, God, for being so great and so faithful. It is an absolute honor to sing your praises to you, to lift up our voices and our hearts to you, to express just how grateful we are that you, God of the universe, is our God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, team. Well, we had a bit of a break. You did a couple little testy test things. You did some, you worked hard and you studied and you did your exams and way to go. And now we're back at it. Yes, yes. And so we continue on in our theme, The Wise Will Listen. And uh, today we have a guest with us, and it's I'm very, very excited. So we have Austin Toes, who's going to be sharing with us. Yes, and Austin is the Child and Family Director uh, at the PAOCBCYD District. So all of those letters, all we need is a few more, sil- or a few more vowels and lots of letters. Anyways... That was a bad joke. (laughs) Sorry. That's really bad. Austin, you're going to have to clean up the mess that I just made. (laughs) Anyways, Austin is incredible. So I have known Austin for a couple of years now, or just just about two years. Um, So originally from Abbotsford, uh, came to Summit, is a Summit alumni. Yes. And um, has been in ministry both here in BC and in Alberta and then uh, doing kids ministry and then has come back um, to BC a couple years ago. Um, And so that's how I've gotten to know Austin and, uh, and so working with him. And let me tell you, what a cool guy. So amazing. I've never met anyone more passionate about Disney. Um, so <laughs> I haven't. Um, and uh, just just an amazing resourcer. Like that is just in a gift that I have seen and so appreciated about Austin is that when he knows that there is some good resources available for people, he is like sharing it as much as possible. So if ever you're needing to know just a little bit more info on a certain, you know, maybe kids or family ministry, and I know that your interests lie beyond that, but uh, just an incredible resource. So please get to know Austin. Um, He has a real heart for uh, next gen, and uh, and it has just been a real awesome privilege to work with you uh, and get to know you and be your friend. So would you help me in welcoming Austin? Yes, thank you, Kim, for that incredible introduction. And I do love to resource ministry and or Disneyland, uh, whichever one, I can be there for you. Um, But yeah, as Kim said, I graduated here from Summit, so it's great to be back here. Uh, It's great to be back in this chapel, worshiping in this chapel. I remember all those years um, here in the 
congregation and the audience up on stage. It's just an incredible place to be. Uh, my wife is a Summit grad as well. Uh, she went to Summit from 2006 to 2010, and then I went from 2010 to 2015. Uh, so we have about nine years of Summit yearbooks at our house, ranging just about a decade uh, of Summit history. And yeah, as Kim mentioned as well, uh, we spent time in Edmonton in the frozen tundra of the north. Uh, it was uh, quite the experience, incredible experience, but we were so thankful when God called us back to the promised land. And here we are now back in BC. Is everyone from out of province? How many, who's, lots of people? And you, now you all agree that this is the promised land? No, no? Yes, yes, no, yeah. Well, if you, if you haven't already, you will. You will find that out. Uh, but enough about me. I want to know about you guys. And specifically, I would like to know what are your guys' fears? If, if anyone would be bold enough to raise their hand, what's their fears? I heard snakes, heights. I hear failure over here. Yeah. Anyone else? I heard being alone, drowning, amusement parks. Okay, well, we can still be friends because Disneyland is not an amusement park, it's a theme park. It's a difference. We got another fear over here. Water slides. Oh. Well, thank you for sharing all your fears. Because, a little ironically, my fear is when people ask questions and I'm required to put up my hands and speak in front of people. So, thank you all for being so bold. But I've always grown up with a fear of speaking in front of people. I absolutely despise public speaking. And if you might have, I was sitting over right here during worship, and you might have saw, like, might have looked like I was in worship, but it was more of a, God, let your fire fall down in this building to set the fire alarm off. Not enough to burn anything or hurt anyone, but just enough for us to get out of this. Because I always still get nervous every time I have to speak in front of people. It's my least favorite thing to do. Even back all the way in elementary school, I hated speaking in front of people. And I learned all the tricks that you could in school. You have to have, like, just the right amount of eye contact with your teacher. If you, if you have too much eye contact, then they're going to, like, pick on you to answer the questions. But if you have not enough eye contact, then they think you're not paying attention. So then they purposely ask you the answers to the question. And I know, like, perfect times in the class to, like, be excused to go to the washroom. Everything I could not to have to speak in front of people. But in elementary school, at least here in BC, grade six starts the year where you have to do speeches. It's required province-wide that every school, you all have to do speeches as part of your curriculum. And that was probably the worst year of my life, knowing that that was coming near the end of the year. I dreaded every moment thinking that I would have to not just put up my hand and like answer one question, but actually stand up in front of the entire class and give like a two and a half minute speech. But I am 
compliant. I, I usually follow the rules, so I'm a good student. So I went ahead and you know prepared my speech, did everything I had to do. But when that day came that we were presenting, like right in the pit of my stomach, like I, I felt like I was gonna throw up the entire day. I don't know if any of you have been there with a fear or something that you had where you just get so scared, so nervous that you just right in the pit of your stomach just feel so, so sick. And my last name is Toes. So luckily I'm lower down on the list when you go through alphabetical order. And obviously I didn't put up my hand to go first. I waited in dread for my turn to come. And we all had to do it. The fire alarm didn't get pulled. There was no earthquake. There's no traumatic experience that we all had to get sent home. So I was called. I went up. And again, if that, if that year wasn't bad enough, that was the worst two minutes of my life up until that point. Like knees shaking, like felt like I was stuttering the entire time. Like no technique at all. Just wanted to get through it, get done, get back to my desk. And that two minutes was over, I went back to my desk, put my head down, and just that relief that comes after something that you've just done that was just horrifying, and it's all over, and you're like, my life is just going to be so good from here on out. And you just sit there as the rest of the kids do their speeches. Our teacher comes up and, you know, congratulates everyone for what, what a great job everyone did. And she told us that these speeches don't just get done in front of our class, but there's like actually a competition that happens that we choose someone from each class to go in front of the entire school. And I'm like, well, thankfully I did horrible. And she's like, all right, I've chosen Jessica to do her speech in front of the entire school. Man, great job, Jessica. And then she's like, well, there's actually this year, there was someone else that really stood out that I want to speak in front of the entire school as well. So I'm going to choose two people this year. And Austin, I choose you. You did such an incredible job. You're going to speak in front of the entire school. I, I can't remember exactly if I peed my pants there, but I imagine if there was a moment, it would be at that moment right there. And for the next two weeks, I let, lived in even more dread than I ever had up until that point. It was just getting worse and worse. And I remember when the day came when I had to speak in front of the entire school. Like I stood there like stiff as a post. I like I looked at one person like dead in the eyes the entire time and just went through my entire speech in just like an absolute blur. Like, did I say everything? I don't know. I just wanted it to be over so I could go right back and sit down. And from then on out in my speeches at school, I made sure I always did a subpar job because I knew I had to do it to get a grade in my class, but not well enough that I would have to do it in front of the entire school. So luckily, I did not pass that entire school to do it in front of multiple schools. But when I think back and looking at me now, I, 
that I am a pastor and I speak in front of people quite often, I think back to my teacher in grade six to think that she probably saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. Other people in our lives often see things in us that we can't see ourselves. And throughout most of my school career, I thought that I'm not good enough to speak. I'm horrible at it. I let my fear, let my nerves speak into my life over what other people were saying about me. That teacher back in grade six already knew at that point that someday I would be able to speak in front of multiple people, not just a classroom, not just an entire school, but entire buildings. And as you guys are going through this series called The Wise Will Listen, um, talking about wise, I pulled the verse Proverbs 19.20. And it says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. So listen to advice. There'll be people in your life that want to speak into your life and listen to what they have to say. But it also says, accept discipline. Right, I heard that. that that's, that's not always easy to hear because as we often, even in our fears, even in our giftings, can't even recognize stuff. Sometimes in our mistakes, we also can't see what's right in front of our noses. When I was in grade 12, I got the chance to work at a summer camp. And it was such an incredible experience. If anyone wants to do their internship at a summer camp, I highly recommend it. They are awesome. But being a grade 12 student, not always in the right spot. And, and this camp that I was working at, it actually had shut down for a number of years. And uh, it just started up back up the year that I was there in my grade 12 year. So most of the people there were high school students. I think they had like two young adults and someone in their late 20s that was the camp director. So I don't know how they let us run a camp for kids, but they did. So lots of shenanigans happened that year. But one of the things that did happen was after uh, we had a movie night and after that was over, there was a few of us high schoolers that weren't in a cabin with kids. So we decided that we were going to go sleep on the dock on the lake. Just have a fun hangout session, boys and girls all together on the dock, which was not allowed. But we're like, oh, we'll, we'll do it anyways. But it was only like maybe 10 minutes that we were on the dock that were like, it's really cold. Like, it's the summer, but you're on the water. It's nighttime. Like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna freeze out here. So that week, we had a little cabin that was just by the lake. That being that I was not in a cabin that week, that's where I was staying. And I was actually in that cabin by myself. And someone had the great idea of, hey, Austin's cabin is right here. Let's go hang out in that cabin for the night. 
I'm like, yeah, that's a maybe worse idea. I don't know, but it might be fun. Okay, well, you know, you, you only live once. So let, let's do this. So we went to the cabin and we're hanging out, hanging out. And now it's like midnight, 1 a.m. And it, it's, it's time to go to bed. So I head to my little room in the cabin and, and shut the door. And like four o'clock rolls around, five o'clock rolls around, six o'clock rolls around. And like someone knocks on my door and like a girl opens the door asking if there's a blanket. I'm like, there's still, still people in here. This is like, oh, what's, what's, what's happening? And like, like, I'm like, oh, no, I, I just have my sleeping bag. I don't have anything. And she like left and like seven o'clock rolls around and we all have to get up and get ready for camp. And like now I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, well, we're back at camp. Nobody's going to know. Totally forgot about it. Like maybe I won't do that ever again. But lo and behold, the camp director comes and is like, Austin, let's have a chat. Let's go for a walk. And she explains to me that the girl that was in the cabin was with there, in there with another guy that was hanging out with us. And they spent the night together in the cabin. And I'm like, um, like I, I, I like checked out, like I was still, I was hanging out with them, but I checked out a little early. Like I, I thought they were going to leave when I, when I went into my room, like I, I didn't do anything. And she's like, well, we're going to have to ask you to leave. You're, you're not going to be able to come back to camp next week. And like, I'm like, I, I, I didn't do it. I, it wasn't me. I, I didn't do anything wrong. It was them. They were the ones that stayed up all throughout the night, were there, slept in the same cabin together. I, I went to bed. But that week, I couldn't come back to camp. But through that week, I had some people in my life that were able to speak wisdom into me, give me the bigger picture, talk about how association happens, talking about all the way back to the first decision of going and hanging out with them on the dock, about the decision of agreeing to let them hang out with me in my cabin. Yeah, maybe I wasn't there the entire time. Maybe it wasn't totally all on me. But I was definitely a part of that. And it took someone explaining that to me, opening my eyes to the bigger picture of what had happened and all the things that could have unfolded in a situation like that. And through grace and love, after that week that I wasn't allowed back at camp, they agreed to bring me back for the last two weeks of camp. But we need to listen to the advice of others. We need to accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. I always think back to the story of David and Bathsheba. Probably all heard the horrendous things that David did. And he, even he couldn't see the mistakes right in front of him. 
And it took Nathan, someone else, someone separate from that situation, to come in and speak into David's life, to open his eyes to what he had done. And it was only then when David could really see what had happened. We all need a Nathan in our life. So I'm going to ask you right now, who is your Nathan? Do you have people in your life that not just speak into the good things, but also speak into the bad things? Those areas where you might be slipping, where you might be falling, maybe those times when you've made a bad decision, made a mistake. Are there people that can hold you accountable, that can help you see the bigger picture? Are you able to listen to their advice and accept the discipline? Because then at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Because other people see what we can't, and God speaks through people. Others see what we can't, and God speaks through people. Now, I've told you how I hate speaking in front of people. And you might have wondered, how did I end up going to Summit to become a pastor? Well, I didn't go to Summit to become a pastor. I was loving my time at camp, and I wanted to be a camp director. I wanted to be the person that hires people to come speak at camp. Well, I'm just planning things. So I figured I probably need a little bit of maybe some biblical foundation under me. I'm going to see what Summit has for like the one-year, two-year programs. Just a biblical background so I can go and be a camp director. And it was in my second year and final year, because I didn't want to do Omega. So I did the two-year music program. And in my second year, I had a friend whose dad was a pastor. And they were looking for a kid's pastor. They knew that I went to Summit. So um, I, I got connections. I know students. I know students that want to be pastors. I, I can hook you up with someone or I can talk to other pastors that I know in my circle of influence and see if they know anyone that wants to be a kid's pastor. So one of the people that I went to was my pastor at the time. And I said, hey, do you know anyone, any Summit students? Anyone that would like to be a pastor? Anyone that would be good at that job? And he's like, oh, yeah, I have the perfect person for that role. You. I'm like, no. No, no I, I, I don't want to do it. I just want to, like, plan stuff. Like, I, I love the strategy. Like Kim said, the resourcing. But, like, I can't be a pastor. I can't talk to kids. I can't talk to other people. But again, he looked at me and said, no, Austin, you would be great in that role. You'd be so perfect for it. All your gifting show that you'd be an incredible children's pastor. And I had to really think about that. I'd really pray through that. Because never did I think that I'd be going into pastoral ministry. Never did I think that I would have a role where I'm speaking in front of large groups of people multiple times. But yet it was the wisdom, the words that God was speaking through my pastor into my life that set me on this trajectory 
And that two-year music program started with now pastoring as a children's pastor, turned into three years, turned into four years at Summit, turned into five years, finally getting my degree and going into full-time ministry. Because other people see what we can't. And God speaks through those people. God uses the people around you to speak into your life. So whatever it is, whether we've made a mistake, a bad decision, whether it's negative self-talk about ourselves, it's that looking in the mirror and saying, I'm not good enough. Whatever that is, we all need people in our lives to speak wisdom, to give us advice. We need to accept discipline. We need to be honest with those people that are in our lives. We need to listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. So I'm going to ask you again, who in your life do you have to speak into? Or who's speaking in to your life? And when you have that person that is speaking wisdom, speaking advice, speaking constructive feedback, that's calling you out in your flaws and your mistakes, keeping you accountable, do you listen? Because I know there's been times in my life where I haven't listened. But looking back, I am so glad at all the times I did. I'm here today speaking to you guys as a Summit graduate, as a pastor, because of the people that spoke into my life and the advice that I took from those godly people around me. So I want to encourage you, however you ended up here in this room, however you got to Summit, there's people in your life they want to speak into it. They want to give you wisdom, counsel, advice. We all have our own plans and own ideas and own ambitions and own thoughts of where we need to go. But God has an incredible path and an incredible journey. And for some of you, you'll have, you have no idea where you'll be in the next five years. I sure didn't. But some of those things we can't do on our own strength, in our own time of reflection. We need God to speak through other people in our lives. Because others can see what we can't. And God speaks through people. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you so much for this incredible group of students. God, the people in this room that just have a heart after you. God, they just have such incredible passion and yearning. And I'm so thankful for this generation that wants to serve you, whether they are going into a vocational ministry or working in a secular field, a nonprofit. God, wherever they are, you have incredible plan and purpose for them. And God, I know that our 
own head talk, the things that we say to ourselves. God, our fears, our worries. God, our negative self-talk can lead us astray. God, I just pray that you just put people in the lives of these students, people that would speak wise counsel, God, people that would speak accountability, people that aren't afraid to really hear from you and speak into their lives. God, I just pray for all of us that we would continue to listen to the advice of those around us. God, that we had accepted the discipline. God, that our eyes would be open when we have made mistakes and gone astray. God, that you would just be in every facet of our lives. God, you have incredible things for all of us. And we, on our own strength, cannot figure that out. Only by trusting in you only by listening to how you speak through others around us can we be led to what you have called us to do. So God, I just thank you so much for everyone here as they're journeying through what life has for them, what you have for them. And I just pray, God, that they would listen to those around them so that they too may be wise. Will you pray this in your name? Amen. All right. Well, lunchtime is in seven minutes from what I've been told. So go and be dismissed and enjoy your lunch.